This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Empire. Are traditional and new marketing strategies really hitting their marks? But it's exactly right. Figuring out, you know, what is the exposure of, you know, jersey passes. Figuring out, you know, lower boards versus upper boards in the stadium. And then attributing value not only to those locations, but attributing it back to the partner themselves. That's Alex Kurt, CEO of Trajectory, where sponsorship is analyzed with new data to measure true effectiveness. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Data is driving so much in big-time sports, it now makes sense that marketing and sponsorship could be viewed through the lens of big data to determine how effective campaigns are these days. And that's what Alex Kerr and his team at Trajectory are trying to streamline. Our guest this week is Alex Kerr. He's the CEO and the founder of Trajectory, which is a sports sponsorship analytics platform that analyzes sponsorship values for clients across many different sports leagues. Alex, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. Tell me a little bit about what you guys do. So Trajectory helps the world's biggest brands evaluate their sponsor impact. So effectively what we do is we work with professional teams, we work with agencies, and we work with brands trying to figure out, you know, what is their sponsorship actually worth? So we're a B2B SaaS company based here in Chicago, uh, and we're, we're happy to do it. Okay. Um, when you say if it actually works, what do you mean by that? <laughs> can, you, can you kind of be specific about that? For sure. So the way that it works today is brands like Geico, uh, who invest millions and millions of dollars in sponsorship, they'll end up calling one of the teams they work with and they'll say, hey, we spent a million dollars with you this past year. How do we do? And most of the time, organizations uh, and agencies have a really difficult time answering this question. Eventually, they end up going back and they say, hey, we did a great job. We had a million people come to the stadium. We sent some emails out, posted to social media. But that doesn't really cut it. So what we do at Trajectory is we actually try to place a value on what's that email worth? What's that social media post worth? What's yeah. that actual television advertisement that ran during the game? What's that worth? So we really try to put that together to give them a better understanding of how this all comes together. Okay. So how do you put a value on something like that? Oh, it's our secret sauce. So <laughs> a lot of what it comes down to in the way that we look at it is what would the brand or what would the agency itself, what would they have had to have spent in a similar uh, fashion in that in that market to have gotten a similar type of impact? So a lot of the way that we look at it is what are the dynamic media market rates for individual assets, for sponsorship, for individual markets themselves? We try to put that together so that we can we can essentially, you know, one for one, start to come up with a better, more, more founded rate. Okay. Let me ask this because of what you're saying, there feels like there's a potential good news 
and bad news that you're going to pass along to partners that you work with, which Very is so you've kind of like laid out. Um, one of the big parts of sponsorship with these teams is you're going to get this access to these fans in many different ways. And however we form this sponsorship. And then at the end of the year, just like you pointed out, they're going to say, well, how did we perform here? And as you pointed out, the team is, is incentivized to say, well, um, how do you kind of balance this idea of they business? They want their partners to think it's doing well. Uh, how do you, how do you kind of balance all of that? Yeah. And I mean, I think there's, it's complex. I mean, I think is the, the short of it, but I think it's, it's really approaching it from two different angles, right? So when a, a, a team and an organization is, is looking to report, they're looking at something much, much more holistic. Um, there's also sort of the, the wow factor of sponsorship in general. So there's kind of the, like the magical factor of, of, you know, working with a sports team and sponsorship, which certainly plays an element. But then the other side of it, whatever a lot of brands are looking at, is they're looking at it from the angle of like, where am I going to get the best bang for my next buck, right? So what are the different markets that I should invest in from from across the board? So while you're right that both of these these organizations on the buy side and the sell side of the org, uh, of the marketplace uh, have to coexist with, with similar information, one is looking at it from the angle of, okay, from the overall portfolio, what is that worth? That's typically the team the team side and then the other is approaching it from where would I get my best thing for my buck so you know the source of truth and being able to be transparent with this data you know so far I think has yes in some senses leveled the playing field but it's reporting on so much more data than has ever been uh, available previously it's also giving teams the opportunity to actually show what their overall uh, portfolio and value is actually worth rather than only reporting on you know, one or two things, which is typically what they've done, what than they've done previously. So it's actually led to a situation where for both sides, the buy side and the sell side of sponsorship, uh, have actually been able to, to be successful in, re- in reporting on everything. Uh, I mean, it does feel like there is, and I don't want to just emphasize there could be a bad side of your sponsorship isn't getting what you think it's going to get even with the association, but I suppose there's a good side too. You're telling the team it's overperforming sometimes, right? Well, a lot of it. I mean, so like the way that the industry at large has worked today is that like they're really only reporting on like two things. They're mostly reporting on social. They're mostly reporting on television. But as you and I both know, it's so much more than that when it relates to sponsorship. It's the logo on the field. It's the email that's being sent out. It's the podcast. It's the the uh, the radio ad that's going out. And so most of these teams and organizations are really only reporting on about 10% of their overall sponsorship portfolio. So, you know, working with us, they're now able to go from reporting on about 10% of their sponsorships to nearly 100% of it. It's like, you know, like your stock portfolio, right? Like, would you ever make decisions only really based off of 10% of it? Probably not. So it's it's been eye-opening for teams, but where it becomes really, really powerful is when, when you're working with the brand side, it's just, it's, it's finally a consistent methodology where you can look at the entire the entire market in, in one spot. 
Yeah. Um, so I, again, like I don't want to dip into your secret sauce here, but there are some things that seem to like pop up that I'm thinking about that. I wonder if you can quantify, like there are advertisements going on jerseys. Now, uh, there sure. are advertisements that go on fields. Um, hockey rinks are able to put sponsorship on the ice virtually for viewers to see. Oh, DD. That's a great one. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard to know, right? Like, yeah, it's there. Yeah, everybody saw it, and it equates to what? And I guess you guys are trying to figure all of that out, right? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, we're data nerds at heart, <laughs> uh, and you know, it's it's fun to talk about sports, media, and entertainment. But you know, at the heart of it, what we've really created is a technology and analytics company um, at its um, at its core. But exactly what you said is exactly right. Like we're working with the NHL to figure out, you know, how do you actually correctly evaluate their DEDs, so their digitally enhanced dashers that they've uh, that they've come out with in this past season. But it's exactly right. Figuring out, you know, what is the exposure of, you know, jersey patches, figuring out, you know, lower boards versus upper boards in a stadium, and then attributing value not only to those locations, but attributing it back to the partners themselves. Okay. Um, and you are seeing, and I assume because they're doing all of these things, they are getting... Yeah. They, they are getting bang for the buck for these types of things that are occurring. Ooh, um, without naming names, um, for the most part, yeah, that's what we've that what we that's what we've seen. I mean, there's certainly instances where you might have a, a small market team um, that has uh, oversold an asset where maybe they sold something for five hundred thousand and it was really only worth three hundred. Mm. I mean, certainly those things I think um, naturally occur, but the reality is it's organization to say hey like maybe we report this in in a different light so maybe instead of talking about valuation we'll talk about engagements or we'll talk about impressions and so what we're really trying to what we're really trying to do at the end of the day is is help organizations more effectively storytell that storytelling might be with value but it could be with a different metric as well so we do we do give the rest of the story so if they are selling something for for higher than it's worth good for you you should absolutely sell it and at the end of the day Something really is only worth what someone what what someone's willing to pay for it. So, in those instances, for a different metric. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Chalk and Dog, which brings together the vast experience and expertise of two of the brightest agencies in media, sports, wagering, and gaming. With deep roots in the UK and the US, 
The agency offers expert guidance in everything from market entry to market expansion for startups as well as established global brands powered by best-in-class communication and creative experts. Chalk and Dog has vast international experience and delivers results-oriented, tailor-made solutions for B2B and B2C organizations. So let's talk about some of the more common ways, like, as you mentioned, social media. Um, what are you seeing in the space? Obviously, it's flooded with content and advertisement and sponsorship opportunity. Um, as you see teams and brands continue to try to leverage social media, what is working and, and what needs to be refined? And that's, the, and that's one of the big ones that traditionally has been has been um, tackled quite a bit by not only other organizations and vendors, but, but teams themselves have really gravitated towards it. I mean, I think a lot of what we're seeing now is a lot of teams are trying to get the door on TikTok. Um, so all, a lot of the new, the new channels and the new platforms are certainly where a lot of people are trying to, to focus right now. But as it relates to actual content itself, I think what, what a lot of good organizations are, are trying to do and historically tried to do is how do you create an authentic experience for a partner rather than just saying, hey, it's you know, the happy birthday post you know, brought to you by, sponsored by State Farm or Geico. They're really trying to find unique ways to integrate brands, you know, I think organically and naturally into into the content itself that actually makes sense and that's actually uh, aligned. So, you know, and I think that's sort of the age old thing of, of sponsorship in general, but I think we're seeing a lot more of that on, on social is how do you how do you weave these these brands in or organically as opposed to just, uh, you know, force fitting, a, a, you know, a Geico bug or a State Farm bug in the top right. But. Beyond that, I think it's a lot of trying to go down the, the new channels because Gen Z is so where is so where so many brands want to be and focused on right now. So yeah. trying to get in front of those those channels, I think has been a big piece. Um, you mentioned storytelling, which I mean, uh, which I take as creativity. Think outside the box. Don't just stick your bug in the corner of a happy birthday post. So, what are brands talking about with leagues and teams that they want? in social media posts? Yeah, I mean, I think as it relates to to social specifically, I think, um, actually, would actually approach that a little bit differently. I think, you know, social has been sort of the hot bug over the the last decade or so, and it will continue to be, to be super important. But I think a lot of brands are also realizing that it's not just about social anymore. So they're actually trying to diversify quite a bit beyond just social. So, I think at a high level, a lot of what agencies and brands are asking for when they're working with these teams, it's certainly doubling down, making sure that they have a presence on social, but they are trying to get to a lot of the other channels and a lot of the other avenues and really diversify, you know, how they're, how they're placing the spend, not only on social, but on email, but on web, but also having a presence in the stadium as well. So, you know, specifically asking for something on social, I think it's, it's, you know, pretty comes back to what we had said before, which is they're trying to get the diversification, but they're also trying to get on new channels. But for, for specific things that they're asking for, um, it's, it's more about actually trying to, to get beyond social as well. That's interesting. You just said that that feels very, just to say that there are brands that are still looking at email and looking at that as an opportunity, or I don't know, even some of the, while people watch the games, as you know, viewing habits are different. So the traditional broadcast placement of sponsorship, I imagine, has been altered here. Um, it feels old schooly what you're talking about, but I guess what tried and true, right? That it's worked for these brands before. I mean, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. I mean, you know, there's 
you know, our, our whole lives are always like kind of in these like cyclical cycles, right? Where like what's old is new, what's new is old. It's the same a lot of way with sponsorship in, in certain pieces where, you know, everyone says, oh, traditional media is dead. Absolutely not. I mean, a lot of groups are continuing to spend because they're seeing good return and they're seeing good impact for it. So uh, it's actually kind of interesting how that how that ends up working. Okay. Um, what is your experience with the metaverse and where <clears throat> teams, leagues, sponsorship dollars what do you see in the near term with all of them trying to get involved in, in that type of space? This has been really top of mind for us because there's, as you can imagine, there's not a lot of data and not a lot of analytics organizations that are really trying to figure this out, especially in the world of sponsorship just yet. Um, it's a, it's a whole new world. I mean, no, no pun intended, a whole new digital world. Um, we've been, we've been in chats with a number of different, um, developers of different uh, metaverse environments to try to figure this out. So, you know, I'd be lying to say if we had something that was going to go live tomorrow, but we are we are certainly going deep uh, down the rabbit hole to understand what data, what information, what's actually available, because as we think about it, it's sort of the real of the next environment, especially as it relates to, to sponsorship. So, um, a lot of what our group is focused on is like, what does the actual data, the data pipelines look like? And the reality of it is there's a just incredible amount of data, which is really, really interesting for organizations like us, because instead of trying to figure out, hey, you know, did John, did Alex, did Mike actually see the ad? I can actually track how close individuals are to different experiences in the metaverse yeah. and actually be able to calculate and figure out what was their proximity to everything. So the metaverse is going to just be incredibly interesting. And I think from a sponsorship perspective, um, it's really a limitless um, opportunity, especially for brands who want to jump on it early, because with all things, people are going to be kind of skeptical, kind of worried to jump in yeah. uh, head first, but it, it'll be really, it'll, it'll be an incredible opportunity. Okay. Um, last one. And this is kind of in the same realm. Um, gaming, whether it is literal sports related or uh, pop culture type gaming opportunity like Call of Duty, Fortnite, those type of games, where, where do you see that kind of fitting into the, the whole idea of brand awareness for sports teams and new audiences? Esports unequivocally is one of the biggest industries in general that's getting after the Gen Z fan where a lot of traditional sports have really struggled. So um, absolutely, 100%, um, eSports is continuing to grow and is an incredible opportunity. I actually think it's really, I think there's a lot of parallels between um, Metaverse, which we talked about in the last uh, moment ago there, as well as, as well as eSports, where, you know, brands are kind of skeptical to jump, to jump in. And I think if a lot of brands could do it over again, they would have gotten on the esports train a lot sooner. I think it's very similar with, with metaverse, but um, it's an, in, it's an incredible opportunity. It continue. It's a, it's an industry that just continues to grow and grow and grow. So yeah, I think, I think you're, you're still looking at an upward trajectory there for quite a while. Alex Kerr is the CEO and the founder of trajectory T R A J E K T O R Y. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate the time today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and 
What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. On the next Future Sport Podcast, off the success of the fan-controlled football league, get ready for some fan-controlled hoops. I would say that our football staff, our football ops staff and coaches have done a phenomenal job striking that balance uh, between um, a too complex of a system and something that's very fan-friendly. We do a lot of things like the actual names of the play calls that are installed in the playbook and that the coaches and, and players say to each other on the field. It's actually different than the plays as they show up in the app. That's Grant Cohen, Chief Marketing Officer of Fan Controlled Sports and Entertainment. You will be entertained by how they look at modern engagement and competition. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.